out there, horror fans. Welcome to Selling the Scream. I'm Jed Donaldson, just one of your numerous hosts for this episode. Uh, with me today, uh, as usual, is a man who, uh, well, how can I put this? Uh, oh, uh, I, he's a fuckable Charlie Brown. Josh Yoakum, ladies. <laughs> well, I, I'll fuckable i mean well, i guess i do have a kid so I technically uh, you could be technically fucked. yes what so we've done it once yes um yeah i'm we're, i'm not we're, uh, i'm not saying that you know you per, you put it out there and people would want to do it but i'm saying it is technically possible yes for it to yes tech uh, tech a technicality yes um but yeah we're uh you, you mentioned multiple hosts um yeah hey also joining us today for the first and possibly last time it's a little early to tell uh i if if life were a human centipede he would always be in the middle my good friend clint lawwell how's it going fellas definitely glad to be here thanks for having me i'm slightly less fuckable than josh but i feel like i'm right in the ballpark so <laughs> very excited to get this going the the the, the ballpark of fucking <laughs> <laughs> the, totally. I'm normally the sex creep on this show, and I don't know how this like has been turned around against me here. I don't, I don't appreciate this. <laughs> I, I wasn't intending <laughs> for it to be a put down, but I mean, it's a oh no, yes, I, uh, I, I'm just saying that normally, and we're gonna get into it because uh, spoiler alert about this movie. This is a fucking horny movie. Um, it is a horny ass movie. That's <laughs> but before so, before we get there, yeah. Let's take a minute and talk about what's going on. Since the last time we recorded, is there anything anybody wants to bring up? I, myself, was recently on vacation. It was quite nice. nice. I we're can talk weird. about that, or if anyone else has something more interesting to add. So where'd you go? Tell the people where you went. Oh, we, we went down to Gallenberg in Tennessee. It's a It's basically like a tourist trap that's sitting right in front of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, I say that, and it's true, but we've been there several times and, and always have a lot of fun. Uh, this time we've spent a lot more time actually walking in the mountains and doing those sorts of things instead of being... Uh, Not just getting shoulder to shoulder with your common man. Uh. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> we're right in the middle of the COVID-19 stuff, as I'm sure most people know. Um, and if you're listening to this in the future... I don't see how that's possible considering the way things are going right now, but <laughs> you'll probably remember it in some way, shape or form. Uh, things are bad. seems like they're getting worse, but we decided to roll the dice and take a vacation anyway, because we're irresponsible. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think, like you said, you're, you're going out to like, like nature parks and stuff. So I think it's we tried bit... to be safe. We tried to be safe. We spent yeah. more time in our cabin than we did, uh, Anywhere else, the couple times we did have to go down, we were masked up and doing the whole social distancing thing and all that. Um, I, I will say that one thing I was unprepared for was how many bears there were. <laughs> we saw bears every single day we were down there. Uh, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, in an enclosure at a zoo. I mean, uh, they were right next to our cars while we were driving. They were outside of our cabin on our deck while we were inside. <laughs> we just had to wait for them to leave so we could leave. Uh, they didn't seem to be aggressive or angry or anything. It was, it was pretty neat to see them around. It's just, I wasn't really ready for it. 
Oh, well, that that sounds uh, terrifying to me, but <laughs> all right. I, they, you know what? The biggest one we saw was uh, maybe maybe my size, but we only saw that one once. Okay. And the rest of them were about the size of a medium-sized dog. They were just some cubs. Okay. Uh, and they were adorable, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> um. Yeah. That. Uh, you were on vacation. I was. I was. Uh, I was working. I've been uh, kind of diving through. Um, there's a bunch of uh, like Blu-ray sales going on right now, and because I'm I'm make, making poor decisions with my money and buying physical media, um, been kind of catching up on some of those and some of the cool stuff that's coming out, like Shutter and stuff. Um, I like, like a little gaming too. So. I, I yeah. I, you don't have to apologize to me. I <laughs> I think it's cool. It, it is. I would say maybe a little irresponsible considering how easily it is streamable, but I like having stuff. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff I'm getting is either stuff that um, is kind of harder to find on streaming or like I just picked up some stuff off the criterion sale. So that's, that's a little bit different where like, even if you're streaming something there, it's not the um, you're not getting the, the 4k restoration and the, you know, multiple directors, commentaries and art books and stuff. There's, Sure, sure. So, yeah, but um, yeah, that's I think the the last one that I just plowed through. Um, uh, I got little little, little uh, seasonal um out, out of season unless you're doing like Christmas in July. I watched Christmas Evil, which is a uh, a a actually kind of a cool little uh, slasher flick from the eighties that um stars Fiona Apple's dad as the as the the, the madman killer. That's that is strange. <laughs> I of all the people you could have said, I don't think I would have picked that one. <laughs> what about what about you, Clint? You're uh, you're good good friend of ours, guest and uh, helping us out on the show. Um, enduring this this really weird movie I had you watch for this episode. <laughs> um, what what have you been up to? Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, I will say that I'm extremely lazy, so I love my streaming media. Um, I don't want to get up and swap disc. Uh, streaming was definitely something made with me in mind. Um, looking at, uh, I recently just watched the movie Palm Springs. Um, How was it? I've I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, it, it basically, just a quick preview. It's uh, where uh, two people get caught in a time loop where they're living the same day over and over. Um, Andy Samberg um, is in it uh, as the lead. Um, it was very good, actually. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. A little bit of a rom-com. Uh, a little different take on the uh, kind of Groundhog's Day. Um, I don't think uh, I've heard of that one, but it sounds okay. It's a yeah, Hulu it's- exclusive, uh, released straight to Hulu, um, but uh, did really well. I think on Rotten Tomatoes was at one point trending at 100%. Um, All right. Doing pretty well. And outside that, uh, just playing video games here and there, uh, trying to get through Last of Us 2 and uh, playing some Apex Legends. So, about it for nice. me. I'd like to play some Last of Us 2. It's, uh, it's a little too real for me right now, so I may be <laughs> holding off on starting that one. I, I'm going to admit to being a terrible gamer and, and say that I, I've only gotten about an hour into Last of Us 1. So I think from what I've heard about Last of Us 2... You really need to play through that one first. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's everyone's cup of tea, but I will say that I really enjoyed the first one, and I think it's yeah, worth checking I, out. 
I, I liked what I've played. It's just we're, we we live in a time where there's a, a wealth of riches of, of content to consume. So. And all I'm doing with my time is consuming trash-ass fantasy <laughs> Just stare, staring at, at, at Twitter and just I watching am, it scroll by. I am reading the worst. <laughs> uh, if, if you want to know what that stuff is, you know, reach out after the show. Yeah. I'm not going to go through it you know, <laughs> now. I, that goes for listeners, too. You yeah. Reach out to us on Facebook or through email or whatever, and I'll be happy to discuss it, but it's it's not worth bringing up here other than the brief time I just brought it up just now. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, enough about that. Uh, this is Selling the Scream, and what we do here is discuss horror films, uh, specifically yeah. ones that Josh, a self-proclaimed horror expert, has chosen in an attempt to convert me, an absolute neophyte, into a fan of the genre. I don't know where Clint fits into this formula just yet. Uh, well, let's so, find out. Yeah, we can find out during this episode. Uh, today, we have a real humdinger for you. It's 1986's From Beyond. Hey, Jed, all the, these are all great movies. They're all humdingers. I, I just want to... <laughs> you know what? I, I can agree with you almost all the way. I will say that this one hums more dingers than most. <laughs> um. So, so Clint, yeah, just um, I am kind of coming at this as from the 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 academic, uh, pretentious uh, horror fan trying to sell Jed on it as as the neophyte. Where do, where do you kind of fit on that spectrum? Well, having listened to the podcast before, and you guys do a great job, I feel I'm probably somewhere in the middle, kind of leaning more towards where Jed is. Um, I'm not against the genre. Um, I I've definitely seen some films that I've enjoyed. But I don't know if I would like, you know, go out of my way, like looking for the next, you know, horror film to come out, you know, so I can, you know, catch and see how that one is. Um, you know, always a fan of some of the, uh, you know, stuff out there, some of the, the classics like, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, you know, stuff of that nature. But uh, I will say this movie that we're doing today um, was a little different than the ones I've seen before. <laughs> <laughs> a little deeper dive into that pool than you're probably ready for. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. You know, but we'll go over it, but uh, you know, I will say, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Good, good. Oh, we, good, we don't good have to, to go through the whole the whole section at the end where we discuss whether or not it's sold. Hey, I, I will. I'll, I'll, I take my I take my wins where I can get them. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about From Beyond, which is a, a, a 1986 Stuart Gordon film. It's the um, the, the second in his uh, Lovecraft trilogy. He did uh, he did Reanimator the year before this, and then um, about nine years later did Castle Freak. And then he made a couple other um, H.P. Lovecraft movies, but the, this trilogy has kind of that same core cast of the. I, of, uh, I feel like maybe we've had this discussion before, but I. I was unaware that Reanimator was a Lovecraft thing. Yeah, yeah, it's actually um, Herbert West Reanimator is the title of the story. And I know we discussed last week um, that you were asking me which what story this was from, and I think I made a, a guess that was incorrect. It actually it actually is from a story called From Beyond. It's a it's a very short story okay. um, that Lovecraft wrote, um, and you know, so Stuart short Gordon, it's still filled with so much kinky shit. <laughs> well, not in the Lovecraft. The Love, Lovecraft, uh, I really enjoy the the genre he kind of helped propagate and get out there, the cosmic horror. 
Um, just a quick side note about him. Anybody that knows anything about H.P. Lovecraft, uh, racist, sexist, super snobby, uh, kind of socially monstrous, a shut in, doesn't really understand people. But he he was very committed to this idea, this like he kind of turned his terror of everybody else in the world into like a terror of the universe and created right. I this. Would say, I would say it's probably first thing you would know about Lovecraft is Cthulhu. Yes. Second thing is he would fit right in in Trump's cabinet. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance, um, you can, if you, if you, if you doubt me, um, you can Google what the name of his beloved cat was, his beloved black cat. Um, uh, it is one of maybe three or four words that I will not say on this podcast. So, come on. um, come on, <laughs> but he, um, he didn't really invent cosmic horror. There were some guys, some people who came before him who did some of that stuff, but that's like pretty much all he wrote. And there was, it got propagated and like he, his, Editor August Derleth um, really pushed pushed him to the forefront, kind of kept it going after he died. A bunch of his peers like um, kind of made it like a shared universe thing, like an, a, a pre MCU almost, where they would okay. mention like Cthulhu mythos stuff in their stories. Like um, uh, Robert Howard, the guy who created Conan, would 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 do that. Yeah, I I actually I was aware of that connection. Yeah, yeah. There's um, it's. I, I'm a fan of the legacy, not, and I think also his individual work, just from like a technical standpoint, he's not the best writer in the world. He, he leaves a lot of stuff as like, well, I would describe this to you, but it's indescribable. Um, <laughs> well, what do you want him to do? <laughs> How do you uh, describe that? Well, there's, I think there's a legacy of people who've come after him and kind of taken up his torch and have done that in a much better way. And I, I actually think Stuart Gordon's one of them. Um, so uh, Stuart Gordon, he's before he started making films, he, he his background is like theatrical and he's um, he was, you know, a, a hippie guy who did this organic theater company that put on they would do like interpretations of like classic and like um, well-regarded plays. And then they would also do like adaptations of like science fiction writers and do them into plays as well. And like got shut down a lot because they would do, you know, that's, it was the sixties and seventies. They were doing kind of radical interpretations of, of some of these plays. Um, but he kind of got like a, a little bit of a, you know, buzz. He kind of made Chicago like a hotspot for, um, for theater and worked with a bunch of like um, people you would know, like Joe Montaigne and like Dennis Franz and stuff. Okay. Um, his wife is actually one of like the, the, the big actors in his uh, troupe. And she, she's in this movie. She plays Dr. Dr. Block. Um, they, they ended up divorcing, but they were married at the time. Oh. Um, but yeah, um, he, when he got the chance, kind of got tapped to direct some films. He tapped into his love for, for HP Lovecraft and, wanted to make these uh, very weird Lovecraft movies and, and wanted to use a, an ensemble cast because he, he, he wanted to have people who like kind of knew what he, what he was going to be throwing at them. <laughs> so, okay. um, so we've, we've got two recurring cast members here from, from, uh, from reanimator who end up showing up in this and also show up in, um, in castle freak down the line. We got Jeffrey Combs, um, who you might know from playing like every single alien on Star Trek, basically. Um, he's in the Frighteners too. Um, and we have Barbara Crampton, who was a soap opera actress, um, went on to become like a really huge, uh, genre actress. Like she, she's done, she's in a bunch of stuff in the eighties and nineties, kind of takes a break to raise her kids and then comes back. And now she's like 
really huge kind of on the indie scene. She's um, at a lot of production roles and stuff too. So she kind of, kind of wears a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, but this, this film, they, um, Stuart Gordon and his, uh, writing partner, um, Brian Usna, who we'll, we'll talk about on another, another episode. And, uh, Charles Band, who, boy, we'll talk about him on another episode. He's the, uh, the, 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 the founder of Full Moon Pictures and, um, he's the producer of this film. Um, they, they head off to Italy. They've got a, a, they want to stretch out their budget a little bit and they go make this, weird um little little sci sci-fi horror uh lovecraft movie where they can they can stretch that budget out and kind of tap into some mad scientist stuff and you know the this plot um they would yeah, later about this plot <laughs> I, I i i want to talk about it for a second but i also want to like j- just the, the the basic beats of it just a a scientist kind of creating a, an experiment that goes out of control um, that the repercussions are felt that the, they kind of have to try to undo the damage they did. He and Brian Yisna would kind of retool this same idea in script and then um, present it to like to Disney and, and what maybe what most non horror fans would consider their most influential thing that this went into pre-production of the script for honey. I shrunk the kids. So, holy, um, sh- holy shit. <laughs> I mean, um, that makes wow that so much so much sense <laughs> made, knowing that because it's almost you could almost do a scene for scene reshoot <laughs> with the beats of this movie the beats of that movie you know I, I, maybe a little bit less fetish gear but um <laughs> well, i don't know you did see that the contraption he was using to rick moranis was tooling around in the backyard with with the, you know, the, the clothes, clothes lines and trying to <laughs> see the kids on the ground with the magnifying glass on his face, and the football gear. Uh, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, he, he, they wrote the script for it. They, they pitched it as like a kid's movie. He came on to start directing it and just absolutely did not like working for Disney at all. And just immediately like, nope, noped out of there and Pat passed the reins. Um, but yeah, let's. So this movie, um, just real basic plot is that um, a two scientists are working on a device that allow that stimulates the pineal gland um, in the brain and allows for perception into another dimension. Um, they get this to work. Um, now, wait, wait. Did they know it was going to let them see into another dimension, or did they just think it was going to expand what they could see? In the I, I think they just thought it was going to be like, um, yeah, they like that's the not, that goal wasn't to uh, unleash cosmic horror. It was just we think that this used to be more of a thing in the past that used to be more of a sensory organ, and it's kind of atrophied. And, and what if we can stimulate it in a certain way, right? Um. So the basic beats is, is one of the scientists, the head scientist, uh, dies. Um, the other scientist is institutionalized. The uh, the doctor who comes to basically help in his defense and prove that he's not insane uh, tries to recreate the experiment. So with police escort, they go back to the the laboratory. They end up re- rerunning the experiments Um Intentionally and unintentionally, kind of several times, um, they they find out that the head scientist, Dr. Pretorius, has not 
died. He's been absorbed by some being in this other dimension. He's gone beyond. Um, and he's looking to kind of spread his influence into into our reality, into our dimension um, before, you know, there's several deaths and we're, we're left with a, a, a HP Lovecraft style ending of somebody, the only person left alive being completely mad and nobody's going to believe them. So, right. Um, yeah, let's, let's, I, I mean, you say it movie. like that, it sounds almost like a reasonable story. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you watch it. Would would you say that 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 about sums it up, Clint? Is that is that about where you? <laughs> so what's funny is that when I watch the movie, and then I'm like, okay, okay. So I go outline and you know go to Wikipedia and start looking at some like information regarding the movie, trying to get prepared for the podcast so I don't show up empty-handed. And when I read the description of the movie, it sounded very professional. Like this is a well-written horror piece. <laughs> But then when I watched it, it was so batshit insane. I'm like, well, God, that description didn't cover that at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a this is a weird movie. Um, I, I think one of the things that really makes it work for me, and part of why I like kind of stuff influenced by Lovecraft more than I like Lovecraft himself, is I think there's a lot of this is way hornier than anything H.P. Uh, Lovecraft would have wrote. There's a prominent female character as our, as our lead uh we have a you know a, a heroic black character um just things you wouldn't see in the fiction of hp lovecraft so right um yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty uh it's it's a fun one so do you want to kind of go like beat by beat and kind of walk through what what this movie yeah the, I, does? There's, there's so <laughs> for the people for the folks at home we take notes on all this stuff just to, you know, kind of keep our thoughts in order while we're watching it, kind of talk about things that we want to hit in the podcast. I took more notes in the first half of this movie than I did for some of full movies that we watched <laughs> in the past. There's so much insanity going on here. Um, I think running through beat by beat is fine. Uh, and we can just kind of elaborate on specific things, but just know that yeah. there's there's so much here. Like we could we could literally talk about every scene <laughs> and spend a great deal of time on nearly every scene in this movie, and you'd have like a four hour podcast. Which I, you know what? Maybe some people are into it. I, I personally don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> um, let's get started here. We we yeah. start off. We dive right, right in. In meteor rest. Yeah, it, it really you there's no there's no setup to this. We go right into the like the first activation of the machine. Um yeah. with that so, that good good 80s computer technology, you know. <laughs> we which we we're familiar with you and I from our time spent with uh, Dream Warriors. Um very right, very yeah. similar <laughs> computer setup there. Just all that uh, the, the varying shades of green with the 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 writing on the screen, everything's big and blocky. <laughs> well, this all is a Takes up the full space of the attic, <laughs> and it's it, it, well, you've got the computer, and then you've got like all the side machines and the actual like um tuning resin- ports, yeah, resonator itself, which th- this all just looks like straight out of like '50s drive-in like fair, like this. Th- it's a very mystery science theater 
movie experiment setup they've got going on here. Right. But, um, saw the tuning forks, and my mind immediately first thing went to Phantasm, which was our our last show. Yeah. I, I thought for a second that maybe Josh was doing a thing, like this is <laughs> a theme. I got to go back and look for for tuning forks in all of our other episodes now, but he assures me that's not the case. Now the, 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 the yeah, just the the theme here was just kind of uh, threats from another dimension. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is this is Jeffrey Combs playing the most H.P. Lovecraft ass name motherfucker alive, uh, Crawford Tillingist, um, which we get a scene later on where there's three different people all saying his name, and all three of them are saying Tillingist in a different way. Um, do you think they all a, said it? Mwah. Do you think any of them said it correctly? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is this. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I don't Who think cares? I'm saying it correctly. Um, but uh, can we yeah, talk, we're... can we talk for a second about the fact that Crawford appears to be running this uh, this experiment solo, despite the fact that it's the brainchild of uh, Doctor Pretorius, the 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 so-called brain, the idea man behind this whole thing. He's it's his theory that they're testing out, and Crawford seems to be the one-man show making it work. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of that's just, um, I think part of it's just the economics of the movie and just kind of getting how we set everything up and that lets you introduce, uh, Dr. Pretorius in his, uh, in his sex dungeon bedroom with his little, with his silk kimono on. silk kimono, yeah. (laughs) I think he still could have been wearing that in the, in the laboratory. I mean, he does, he doesn't put anything else on when he goes up there, so. Well, the from the dialogue that that uh, Crawford says, I, I don't um, I don't think he was expecting it to like immediately work. Like he turns it on and he flips the switch and he like the the resonator files it fires up. Which by the way, that's the, that's the sound effect from the Beastie Boys Intergalactic. The uh... which I didn't realize <laughs> until you just said that. Um, they they sampled that from from this movie and uh, he starts to see the process shots which. But pre-CGI, this is kind of what we had to work with. So this isn't yeah. – I think there are some really cool effects in this movie. These aren't them. <laughs> um, the, the, there's a lot of really, really good practical work in here yeah. and a lot of less good – Like the practical CGI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, this stuff is, is, is less good, but it's still fine. It gets the point across what they're trying to, trying to show. Um, yeah. Like the, everything kind of goes like – Pink and th- this actually kind of became like a, a a shorthand in some ways I think for like Lovecrafty and stuff I think I think Color Out of Space which just came right. out kind of pulls this look for that movie um, as well where as you as the, this flip gets this switch gets flipped um, and the, and the resonator turns on everything kind of goes that pinkish purple hue and you start to see um, like creature it's like sea creatures that they're basically doing like process shots of the it's like eels and jellyfish and stuff like just um, super phallic imagery they they really they slather <laughs> on the paint i don't i don't think that's intentional i mean what else about this I movie dis- would I lead you i disagree <laughs> strongly um but he gets attacked by like he basically figures out that they can like he can see them they can see him as long as he's moving he gets dr pretorius dr pretorius like immediately flips all the switches up and it's just like it's this is wonderful this is great i'm i'm feeling everything like can't, yeah, can't he, you feel it in the mind he gives <laughs> he gives you that uh that bad guy vibe right off the bat there's, there's no way he's not the bad guy <laughs> um 
Yeah, but then uh, I love the narrative device that they use here to indicate how things go wrong. They show the... um, the, the lights and the exploding glass coming out from the lab as they, as something starts to attack them. Uh-huh. And then we cut to like just the broadest character, this like, oh, this I, 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 the, the lady in the house coats and the, and the, like the hair curlers who's calling the police. Like they, there's an experiment going on again with the lights and the sounds. And you said to call if there was a disturbance. Well, well I'm, I'm disturbed. disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this woman is basically my grandmother, um, so I, I can't I can't hate this performance too much. But that's how we get into the house. Her her dog jumps out the window because it's it's curious and it wants to go investigate. She's following it and ends up going into the house. Um, I guess that's defenestration number one. Yeah. The second time we've had a dog be defenestrated. <laughs> Does it hey. count if they they actually just jump out an open window? Or do they have to go through glass? I'm curious. I think the technical definition is just out the window. So yeah, I think I think you can have a a, a harmless defenestration. All right, um, there you go, number one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they you get a little bit more of the of the house when she comes in. She's following her dog, and there's the disturbance upstairs. Um, Are they doing these experiments in an American Historical Society building? <laughs> so, there's an awful lot of American stuff on the wall so that yeah there's don't tread on me and, flags and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like a replica of the constitution or <laughs> a butter sculpture of george washington right it's all fair game <laughs> um so we we haven't we did, we've done an italian horror movie we we haven't done a like a 70s or 80s italian horror movie one of the things that italian production and set designers really want to get across as hard as they can is that the movie you are watching is taking place in America. Um, they will go to, to any, like if, if every character in the scene might be wearing Yankees hats, they will um, be yeah. exclusively consuming American products. There will be flags everywhere. <laughs> That's the only way I know it's America. <laughs> you should see my house. <laughs> Just want to don't pe- people don't get confused when, uh, when they come in, like they got to know, they got to know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she, she's drawn upstairs. Um, and then we get like a, a pretty great jump scare as the, uh, the dogs investigating the door and just an ax comes through and, and Crawford comes out. Um, science ax, <laughs> which, um, you know, we were talking about this before, but I think th- there are a couple things in this movie where there's just so much weird shit going on where like, you know that they're like from the details you get later on that there's some sort of struggle that happened with like this creature and maybe with Pretorius upstairs, right. but like it seems like he axes the door and then just opens it, so <laughs> it wasn't like it was locked. I, ha- I have in my notes what the fuck was the axe for? <laughs> was because he... he didn't hit like the the handle or the. <laughs> There was it didn't help him open the door. <laughs> he, got, I guess he just had scared. it and he needed some place to keep it. <laughs> um, but again, this is like this whole scene. I, I, I harp a lot about like geography in movies, and I think like this scene and there's another scene coming up a little bit later on where they they really take the time to kind of walk through the house a little bit. So yeah, this is our primary location for the movie. So they set up pretty well, you knowing exactly kind of where everything's at and like kind of how everything's set up so that the set pieces. Later on, you don't have to spend a lot of mental energy with that. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty 
we've watched movies that were confusing in that regard, and this one is is not that. Yeah. Um, but they they end up both fleeing the house. The dog stays behind, which we find out here <laughs> in a moment. I mean, can you put put flee in air quotes there? Because <laughs> one of them is definitely fleeing. The other one is. She's taking her time. <laughs> she's flailing her hands in the air, but walking at, at normal speed. I think speed. she's walking slower than normal speed because of the hand flailing. She's so focused on that. It's creating drag. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she's spreading out her house robe and catching wind and slowing her down. I, I She's going so slowly. But uh, the, the police have shown up and, and they, they take Crawford into custody, who's like raving. Um... So uh, we we go to uh, our our mental institution or our hospital where he's being held. We're introduced to one of our other main characters in this movie. Uh, Barbara Crampton's playing Dr. Catherine McMichael, who's like right. a, a hotshot young psychiatrist who's um, he's that young gun in the in the psych field. Yes. Um, so kinda... eager to make a name for herself that she's willing to throw all ethics and morals out the window. <laughs> um. And, you know, she's introduced before she meets Crawford. She, you get, again, um, the, this hospital. Do you want to, do you want to, I, I know uh, you had some things to say about the Nightmare on Elm Street Hospital. How do you, how do you think this psychiatric institution stack, <laughs> stacks up against that one? I, I have some things to say about the, the hospital and the hospital staff. <laughs> I want to save it for later on because right now it's not good, but it's, it's, you know, we can dig into it later there's a much more appropriate time to have this got it um so we got we are introduced to, to dr block who's taking care of um of crawford as well who's kind of a little bit more of like the nurse ratchet by the book you know, keeping everybody sedated and under um under her thumb uh woman who's running this this facility right uh, and but she and, does she doesn't really you know keep Catherine in line she just lets her sightsee her way through the psych ward <laughs> Checking in all the patients, just seeing what they're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, we get um, she looks in on a couple of them. The the, the last one she looks in on before uh before Crawford is uh furiously masturbating, which uh, oh yeah, it's it's intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's um, did, did you have opinions anything about what was what was going on so far, Clint? Was like where were you at like this far in this like ten minutes of this movie? Well, I mean, at this stage, I wish I could go back in time and audition for the role that was perfect for me to be the chronic masturbator. And then it's like, and I was kind of jealous that that role had already been cast in, in the past. You were looking at that like, performance and going, I could do that. Hell, I could do that better. I was born for that. <laughs> I wouldn't be acting. <laughs> it was a role that called to me. Um I guess my piece was like uh, up to this stage, I was kind of surprised how like, I mean, we've kind of covered a lot, but the movie has at this stage moved at an incredible clip. There was really no kind of a lead into any of this. I mean, you kind of hit the ground running movie takes off, you know, um, you're already kind of in the, the meat and potatoes of the movie. Um, all the stuff of the house, you know, felt like if, uh, maybe the movie took place 10 years later, uh, I'd just be held in a sharper image. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the, 
the hospital, again, I don't go back and watch too many movies that are back in like the, you know, 70s or 80s and stuff. So up to this point, it's cool to go back and kind of watch a, a almost a, you know, period piece to a certain extent, even though I was alive for it, um, just because I don't watch too many of them. Um, but yeah, uh, compared to everything, it, you know, uh, definitely uh, I'm invested at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so at, at this point, um, we get our next, uh, Star Trek door opening sound, which that's what, what, what we have Star in this Trek hospital. Doors. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of, uh, I mean, you mentioned the, the Beastie Boys sample. Well, yes. what they sampled it. It's not sampled from their songs here. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that, and then we have the Star Trek doors, uh, and then we have, uh, when they're interrogating, uh, Crawford about what happened, and he gives his line read of it ate him <laughs> it ate his head like a gingerbread man <laughs> and then you get the uh, the xylophone sting for the music I, I thought that was that was strange they don't really <laughs> go back to that again in this movie but through this whole scene it's xylophones baby <laughs> it's um, like it, it's like the the cowbell sketch he's he's only got one time to shine he's gonna make it count um, but, but Catherine meets Crawford and she, she has a frame of reference for the experiment that they're running. She knows that, that Dr. Pretorius's work is stimulating the pineal gland. The pineal gland was, uh, thought to be like a, a third eye or like a, a sensory organ that had gone dormant. Right. Um, it's also what we find later on, like tied to, um, like sexual development and, um, that it, p- part of why this movie is so horny. Um, right. It, it does make a little bit of sense. Yes. Um, the again to kind of like dunk on H.P. Lovecraft a little bit. I, I I went back and read his the, the From Beyond story because it's only like seven pages long. Yeah. It was really written because he was trying to like make a point about how dumb like Descartes was for believing this that the pineal gland like could do this and it's it, but it's not like a funny or good rebuttal. It's just sort of like. Well, I sure got him in the seven pages. <laughs> um, but they do testing and they find out that he he does have an enlarged uh, pineal gland. Um, the the detective who's working on the case, this detective dipshit, <laughs> who, who don't know nothing about brains. Yeah, detective, um, I don't know from the inside of brains. <laughs> when they go for the MRI. Which, they, they give the CAT scan, which is recommended by, by Catherine. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Block... Not a fan. She's like, we know everything we didn't know. Is like, but he just, he just got here. <laughs> you can't have had him in your custody for more than like an hour or two. You can't possibly know everything that you need to know about this man. It's just, this is just the first example of the doctors don't giving a flying fuck about the patients. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's a, it's, it's a horror movie staple. Um, but, but she's able to convince them to release Crawford into her custody. Um, so that they can try to rerun the experiment and see if perhaps he is telling some version of the truth. Um, right. I, can... I love, I, this is something that I absolutely love. The plan is to go and do the thing that resulted in someone dead to begin with. <laughs> the <whole> reason he's <laughs> being held is because someone's dead. He's the main suspect. So they're going to go do it again. Just to you know, see, just to see. Lightning don't strike twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we get we get introduced to uh, another uh, another horror legend, another uh, uh, awesome character actor that's that is in this movie. We get um, Ken Forey from uh, Dawn of the Dead as uh, Detective Bubba Brownlee, who um... Officer Giggles. <laughs> he is so happy to be here. Um, which you know the, the, he's introduced and does, of course, the initial mistaking which doc which person he's is the doctor that he's going to be helping and right. um but i do really love the economy of this scene where like yeah he is like he's this very friendly giggly guy but he also just is straight up like oh like uh they say you're crazy i used to play pro football we were all fucking crazy yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's, all, it's all funny games and everybody's friendly but at the same time i will fuck you up and now you know it <laughs> kind of reminded me of that like Chappelle show skit where it's like the the Leonard Washington at the uh going to to the marriage therapy session it's like everything you say in here is confidential and he's like or he said like I ain't crazy he's like well then confidentially I am crazy <laughs> 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 um so they end up they end up going back to this house uh, which six, uh six benevolent street <laughs> It's 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 a subtle movie. <laughs> right, yeah, you really have to dig. Yes, um, I think there's some cool stuff going on, but I think a lot of this, there's a lot of camp and a lot of just it's it's very, it, it's in your face and it's there's a lot going on. It's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, the they they get there and uh, you know trip over like a power cord and again this is kind of like another part where they. They briefly lose them, but they also kind of like take this time to investigate the house. They go down to the basement to kind of set up that that's where the power supply is. And... How do they lose him as soon as they get there? They're not even in the door for a minute. Well, they turn and. <laughs> and he's squirrely. You got to keep yeah. your eye on Crawford. <laughs> he knows the house better than they do. Um, but they, they also get a chance to find Dr. Pretorius's sex dungeon. They find uh, his his VHS playing of him, like, uh, in S&M gear, like, whipping this woman oh, in, in well, restraints. Now, now, and... now it, the VHS tape wasn't just playing. Bubba turned it on. <laughs> oh, well, the, I think the power got turned on. So it it clicked back over and started playing. So I think he found it. I don't think he was like, oh, what's, what's he got? He's got uh, Fox and the Hound. He's got Ghostbusters. Oh, what's this unlabeled one? <laughs> I think he just noticed there was one in there and decided to play it to see if there was anything in there that might give them clues as to what was going on. Like um, a detective. <laughs> um, I'm giving need... Bubba a lot of credit. Oh, he's, I, 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 I love Ken for you. You can give him all the credit in the world. Um, the, the, it kind of does play out a little bit, especially with the, the arc that uh, Catherine ends up going on. Like we kind of see that she's like, she sees this and is a little flustered and she's got like a very buttoned up like librarian appearance right. and like yeah. at this and she starts to she starts to change as the movie goes on and she's exposed to like the resonator and gets her her pineal gland stimulated right. um this is up a lot yeah. as the movie goes on as it turns <laughs> <laughs> um so they go they go upstairs and i think this is one that maybe like this scene probably would have played a little bit better on vhs than in like high res cuz they they're looking for Crawford and at least the version that I have, that's like high res. Like I see him standing right, right. The fuck there. Yeah, there's no shadows. <laughs> the lights are on. He's not hiding. He's just standing there. Um, but he's like, with he's the like, axe with yeah, the he's, alleged murder weapon. 
And they, they, they build this scene for scares because at this point you don't know that he's not Crazy. innocent for sure. You don't yeah. know that he didn't just murder him. Um, there was the scene earlier where we see that um, Pretorius had been decapitated and the, and the dog was – Yeah, like his head was twisted off. Yeah. Um, but he tries to – he starts talking about how he was trying to destroy the machine and uh, he starts reliving the night. But once like Catherine recognizes this and kind of holds Bubba back from doing anything about it, he kind of comes out of it and he's like, well, okay, I'm ready to start <laughs> – I'm ready to get back to it. <laughs> We came here to do a thing. Let's do the thing. <laughs> Come on. Get to it. Yeah, he's uh, he seemed real reluctant until he wasn't reluctant. And then he fixed it, made it easier to turn on <laughs> crazy, insane, dangerous machine. Yeah. And then he's real reluctant again. <laughs> Once it works. Yeah, his his characterization's a little kind of all over the map, and um, he's I, I do commend him because I, I think if you if you've seen Reanimator, I know it probably hasn't been very recently for you, but Reanimator's um, he plays like the mad scientist role in that one, and he's like right. fucking committed to it, and it's like yeah. this crazy this it, it's his movie. And I think this movie, even though he's it's a big performance, and it's like he's really kind of more in like a um, a role with a lot less agency. Like he doesn't have like a, much power in this. He's kind of like right. being shuttled around by, by everybody else's whims and yeah. desires. Like if you're saying that this is him restrained and the oh, yeah. watch reanimator yeah, to yes. see him cutting loose. Bold <laughs> <laughs> <old> words. <laughs> well, I, I, I think this is the, the role that he's in, uh, in reanimator is kind of, what Catherine would um Catherine McMichael is Barbara Crampton's role here um where she's the one like pushing this experiment really forward um so right. she she they end up replicating the experiment it's it's Bubba and Catherine and, and Crawford up there um and it starts, works yeah they 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 they're able to get it up and running they so, uh, so they prove that Crawford's not crazy the machine yeah. works the way All, he said it works so they can, they're done they wrap this up and it's roll credits right? so what, what did you guys think <laughs> um, no, there, there's, there's some more, there's some more interdimensional shenanigans to be going on. Um, they, they discover that. Uh, well, first of all, they, they see some more creatures. Bubba gets told like, like, hey, like don't whatever, move. like don't, don't move. They can see you. What? Like that? That can see me? That thing there that I'm waving at vigorously? Um, Immediately moves. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Gets, I think gets, one of my favorite parts of this is like in the beginning where they had all this stuff, you know, kind of set up. And in this one, when they ran the test, he's like, yeah, the computer's down. So we don't have any of the program running this. So we're just going to turn all the buttons on and we're just going <laughs> to run from here. <laughs> we're going to take any sort of safety precautions and any sort of controls out. And uh, I'm just going to make it work on a switch now. There's no sort of <laughs> setup or process a checklist you just just flip the switch and it goes <laughs> yeah, but you know that's uh you're getting rid of the red tape you're getting rid of all that. i guess yeah <laughs> make it run more efficiently um but they they discovered that uh they are not alone they uh that dr pretorius uh shows up and you know just Letting it all hang out, like, hey Crawford, what's what yeah. you brought? You brought me this hottie. What's the what's the deal? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, 
you're dead. I saw you die. Oh, I'm not dead. You know, hey, touch me if it pleases you. <laughs> this guy didn't get any less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he is bare ass naked, too. We're getting we get and, a, a nice, and sticky. Yeah, and, and covered in goop. And uh, Crawford does take him up on that, touches him, and we get that nice, like, Play-Doh why, effect. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you <laughs> touch the sticky old dick? Because man. he's feeling my how to pick up girls at Applebee's playbook. <laughs> <laughs> touch me if it pleases you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strong first line. But, you know, the nice thing about it is, like, if, if there's a response to it, you know you're going to have a good night. So... <laughs> Right. It either it either works 100 percent or zero. There's no in between. Um, I, I, yeah. I would I would hesitate to say that there's there's really no chance to build from there. Um, so we get one of the things that you, you probably notice in this movie and, and part of it's written off just to because what we come to find out is that uh, Pretorius basically merged consciousness with this, this thing that ate him. It ate his, his mind and his mind was absorbed. By this right. this creature, this like powerful entity in this dimension. Um, yeah, you know, it's science. Um, they, uh, you'll notice that the the effects kind of keep changing every time they go in. There was like four different effects teams that worked on this movie, so like just for some reason or another, like things either didn't work out or there would be like scheduling conflicts or whatever. But um, I think. I, I, it's it works in one sense because it's this amorphous flesh being that can kind of be whatever he wants to be, but it does make things kind of weirdly inconsistent at times. Um, right. Cause like these effects aren't really used again. And we get the neat little like Beetlejuice face effect here, whereas like those face worms oh, yeah. start to like peel off and then like start to like <laughs> flay, flail off at them as they, yeah, as just, they look this, on. It just opens all up and just tentacles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then like that's, a, when, that's when they turn it off they're like oh, that's yeah. enough of that <laughs> <laughs> well no there's a there's a like a even worse one where like the head splits open and like the big giant like almost like the thing effect comes out of it like it's gonna grab them does that happen uh, that happens in this first one that happens in the first bit yeah and they okay. turn it off and they're like phew <laughs> Pops that bullet now let's never do it again <laughs> we uh, uh the, the nice vomit wipe to raw eggs <laughs> Yes, yes. What a what a, what a great transition. It's uh, I don't know if it's quite the um the titty mountain transition from Brotherhood of the Wolf, but it's uh man, I, it's I up still there. reference that to this day. You better believe I use it on my wife in the Smokies. <laughs> um, but uh, we 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 cut to like breakfast the next day for them, and Crawford and Bubba are both very much like. Well, that's uh, that's a wrap. Good thing we we did the thing that we came here to do. Um, but but Catherine's got other ideas. She's right. she's like, well, uh, we not... <laughs> can't just do it once. You got to do it more than once. Yeah, and just uh, it's not science if you only do it once. She's she's energized too. Like and and, and we're we're starting to kind of see like her start to transform a little bit more. Like she's a little bit more like loosened up here. Um, and she makes the sell to Crawford by basically saying that, like, she's looking for a possible, like, that, that, like, schizophrenia might have something to do with the pineal gland, um, and schizophrenics, right. like, and enabling people to see this, and that her father had schizophrenia. Yeah, this is where we hear about the, the her father. I, I will say that her, her reasoning for wanting to do it, for wanting to continue the research, uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, yeah. I bought that as a reason why someone would want to continue looking at these things. But the situation 
is batshit crazy. There's there's yes. no safety controls. There's no <laughs> oversight. There's no. I mean, they're <laughs> they're working with a machine that was disassembled via axe just a couple <laughs> days. <ago. laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I. You know they're 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 they end up getting like sold on this. They're even trying to push for like a controlled environment, like replicating it somewhere exactly. else. And she's like she's like, oh well, you're the expert. Nobody knows more about this than you do, and you'll be right at the switch. And I I, I do love her. Um, they're just looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? And her she's just like humming to herself, and she's like, so much to learn. <laughs> she's just. Please just punch to be here on, at ground zero of this potentially <laughs> world-shaking science being discovered. Um, but she does agree, like that they're gonna they're gonna run it under like, you know, I, that they're gonna be not just running this thing willy nilly before she goes and runs this thing willy nilly. <laughs> well, she's she she says, you know, fine, you guys, yeah. it's all sleep on this. Yes. Figure this out. We'll decide what to do tomorrow. Uh, and she immediately says, eh, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> well, they, they do kind of, they position it in this movie. Like it's a, um, and you, you see this with Pretorius too, where it's a, um, the sensation is very like addictive and compulsive right. where it, she's feeling something. And you, you definitely know that Crawford is too. It seems like it with, with, Bubba, it's almost like making him sick, and he just doesn't like it. But, yeah. um, but I, they. I was a little. This is the first time you, we get to see like something really physically changing about Cropper, where you, you kind of see his his forehead pulsing a little bit, where yeah. eventually you know the pineal gland, gland bursts forth from his forehead, kind of like a like the third eye imagery, you know. Um, yeah. I'm. I know that Catherine gets affected, you know, she becomes a lot more, uh, I guess, sexually liberated and promiscuous and, and kind of those sorts of things. Uh, Bubba doesn't really seem to have too much going on besides the fact that he's not on board with what's going on. Why, makes is, him why, sick. Is, makes him why is Crawford the only one that has this happen? Is what? it because he sleeps in the old man's sex dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also been he's spent more time in the experiment. He's, he's been around it longer. I, I, at least he at least had the one time that it's worked where, where he was there with Pretorius when Pretorius died. I think it's like continued exposure to sure, it. But I, w- I would argue that by the time the end of this movie rolls around that at the very least, Catherine should be showing, uh, some a little, little throbbing happening as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe he just had a big pineal gland to start with. That's, you know, so, I mean, you know, I think I'm going to side with Jed on this one and discredit the sex dungeon. <laughs> the sex dungeon? I mean, yeah. He just, yeah. he just had brain penis on the mind. He was, you know, when you're surrounded by that stuff. <laughs> um, right. but, so but, she she gets up in the middle of the night and turns on the machine again, despite yeah. everyone's misgivings. Um, and starts and I, to... I, I love the look of this scene a lot when when she flips it on and like the wind's blowing and it's like the, that purple lighting and. Um, uh huh. Crawford knows something's happened and he comes up to check on her and, and like, she's just giving him like the eyes as, as, as... Well, well, hold on. I want to break this down here. I got several things written. This next <laughs> sequence is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, yes. Let's, let's, 
let's figure out what we wanted to cover first. Do we want to? Okay. Do we choose your own adventure. We have gooey old pervert. Yes. We have basement worm. Yes. And black Tarzan. Yes. What, what, uh, what do we want to hit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will defer to our guest. But uh, what? What? Where, where do we want to start? The easy choice. Black Tarzan. <laughs> All right, Black Tarzan, my personal favorite. We got uh, Officer Bubba. Yes. Who apparently has to sleep in his Speedos. <laughs> well, you know. In, in a weird old murder house. He doesn't, he doesn't have to. Can't be to. ready for action. <laughs> can't be ready for action, despite the fact that he's the, the lone representative of authority. He's just got to be comfortable. <laughs> but uh so there's a there's a fracas upstairs and we'll and when we talk about sex gooey sex pervert we'll we'll get into what the fracas is yeah uh it involves crawford ends up leaving and he's trying to run downstairs and pull pull the power um for whatever reason he can't turn it off upstairs I, yes dr victorious we'll is stopping that yeah uh, so yes. he's going down to the basement to flip the main breaker but bubba hears the commotion and he he bursts out in a speedo Tackles Crawford down the stairs, um, and uh, then gets 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 kind of filled in on what's going on. Um, this does diverge a little bit into into basement worm territory, so you we're, can't we're have, as well. Can't have Black Tarzan without basement worm. That's just <laughs> those two go together. It's, it's it's the it's the peanut butter and chocolate of this movie. Right. <laughs> um, so they go down into the basement, which we'd we'd seen before, and this. It, it, I'll forgive them for this is probably like a very obviously a separate soundstage because they've got to flood it. And they've right. got this this worm yeah. monster in there. There's, it's a huge basement. <laughs> yes. Um. This this very dunish. Uh, maybe that's another connective tissue with our our last movie as well. Right. Also, yeah. sort okay. of dunish. Um. Basement worm monster that is that is blocking their path to. You the... are you are weaving a tapestry here, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's uh, blocking their path to the power generator. So uh, Crawford's okay. kind of keeping it busy, and Black Tarzan. Ken Forey has to go up and, and get a weapon. <laughs> so he grabs not his pistol, which I assume he would have as a police officer on duty. Uh, he goes into the kitchen and grabs a knife yep. and then decides to jump on the back of his worm <laughs> and stab it to death while wearing nothing but red Speedos. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing you can say about this. So, um, I, I, I did rewatch this again very recently and, um, just for our, our our viewers who might be more inclined to uh, to want to see this, um, you do get like a a full on dick print for for Ken Forey when he's down here in the basement. I'm like I'm watching it closely this time. I was just like, oh, 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 this time, <laughs> this time he says, <laughs> like I know this is a DVD, Josh, but why is it like all like paused That's and damaged at this part? That's why you're digging into physical media. You want to get that good, good resolutions <laughs> so you're not missing nothing. But uh, we get a little bit of um, – there, there's two scenes going on here at the same time because we got what's going on with Catherine and Dr. Pretorius upstairs going on at the same time that Crawford is basically being attacked da- uh, downstairs. It's, it's right. Bubba's trying to get Crawford saved, but it's like trying to eat him. Um, and upstairs – uh, yes. <laughs> Go to Catherine and the gooey old pervert. Yes, they they ended up getting it's even gooier and more perverted than last time. <laughs> you know what? I'll he just wants to give her a he's, kiss. He is definitely gooier. I cannot say that he's more perverted. 
<laughs> he would have enjoyed her much differently in a in, in another another time. Yeah. Um. All right. He's worse. <laughs> yeah. He's he, he's definitely spouting. I know you had mentioned at one point to me that you were you were like, is this H.P. Lovecraft's from Beyond or is this Clive Barker's from Clive Beyond? Clive Barker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's that, it's it's difficult to tell. He does have a lot of like Clive Barkerish type dialogue. He's like you know the, about being beyond the flesh and a lot of yeah. just sex creep stuff. Um, that whole give me a kiss and uh, pulls her in and we get a you know she she gets her blouse torn open and we get some 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 finger wieners that, <laughs> that grow out that, and start groping scene, her. Oh, that was the first scene that really grossed me out here is watching his fingers elongate. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it does a it does a good job of that. This it's, is a very that's just that's one of the that's one of the good practical effects. Yeah, well, very very gooey wet movie, and it's he goes to he's basically about to like eat her head as they're like the reason that they end up getting separated is because he he's blocking the machine. Yeah, it's basically he's saying he's gonna kill. Suffering the same fate right now. The the worms got yes. Cropper by the head, and he's got Catherine by the head. Yes. Um, by the time Bubba's able to pull the the power, you see that. Crawford was a little bit further along in that process. He kind of turns into powder. Um, he, has, <laughs> um, he has all his, all his hair has been eaten off. Covered in bruises, just like a baby. <laughs> and, you know, it, it goes off upstairs, too. So um, right. Catherine has been saved. And at this point, they're just like, uh, you know, Bubba's kind of the only one who's in full control. And is just like, we need to get out of here. I'm going to go get everything ready. It's uh, hard to take orders from a man in a red speedo. <laughs> Kitchen knife or not, he's. I mean, he's carrying that man baby like a, with authority. I, I mean, <laughs> a banana hammock. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get uh, we we get the the scene coming up here next that I kind of wish I could like seal in a capsule and send back in time to thirteen year old me to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Barbara Barbara Crampton as uh, as Dr. Catherine McMichael she's left up in the uh, the sex dungeon to take care of uh, to take Crawford. care of Crawford and uh, yeah, you know, she's her blouse is, is that the best place to put him? <laughs> they didn't have like a maybe a cleaner bed. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they like well, that they wasn't on the they, second floor from the basement. <laughs> they flipped the mattress at some point, okay. <laughs> but. Uh, she, you know, she's got her torn blouse, and she's told that that she needs to get dressed. So uh, she she finds the uh, closet full of fetish gear, and she she gets dressed. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to I have to uh, I have to mention this. While I was watching this the first time through, I had paused it to go upstairs and, and grab a bite to eat, um, <laughs> despite the fact that this movie is tremendously gross. Uh, it, it was I mean, I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, so I went upstairs and uh, I came back downstairs. I, I don't remember exactly what I had texted to Josh, uh, but it re- resulted in him sending me back an image of uh, Catherine on the screen in the fetish gear looking over her shoulder. And that image was the exact image that I had been paused on. <laughs> and I went upstairs, which Sarah kind did. of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this scene, uh, okay. Um, so 
Catherine's art, they already kind of had like a uh, moment where she was starting to kind of like make out with Crawford upstairs when she first flipped the machine on. Um, she's already, you know, she's going through a wardrobe change already. This is sort of like the height of that. Like she changes into this fetish gear and uh, puts on some some candy red lipstick and climbs into bed with the no, first she horribly. Starts, <laughs> first she tries to give him a handy. She gives it a cover yeah. action. Yeah, well, she reaches down, checks it, and Sniffs then, uh, oh no, she does I, I just rewatched this. She does not sniff it. She puts it in her mouth. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> this movie is grosser than I thought. <laughs> hey, hey. I, 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 one of my favorite things about this is that um, Barbara Crampton, she's very, like, active on Twitter. She's, like, her and, like, um, Stuart Gordon just passed away, but, like, um, they're very active and kind of like the younger people coming up in like horror and kind of promoting people on stuff. Right. Um, but it kind of came out in an interview as she was getting back into it. They're like, Oh, like what about that? What about your wardrobe from, from beyond your, 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 your kind of famous leather outfit you put on. And she was just like, Oh, I think I sold that at a yard sale, which just. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. How do you hang on to something like that and then just sell it at a yard sale? <laughs> and where do I find these yard sales? <laughs> Seriously, where were these yard sales when I was growing up? <laughs> um, yeah, she's 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 a delight. If you if you don't already follow, if you're on Twitter and you don't already follow her, she's she's one of the good ones. Um, but uh, yeah, this. She, she, you know, she's doing this like full on seduction of this unconscious man, basically. And uh, Bubba comes up and she trains her eyes on him. Uh, just to, that, this is the, actually the the screenshot I sent you. Mm-hmm. Bubba comes in, sees her, is like, "What the hell?" And she looks over her sm- her, sh- her shoulder and just like goes from a blank expression to just like the full seductive smile, like, right, just oh. <laughs> um, which you know he's you know, kind of taken aback, but he's just like, Hey, we're getting out of here. I told you to get dressed. And then she does my favorite thing. Just does like the little pinup pose. And is like, I did. All right. (laughs) Before we uh, get put onto some sort of list. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. This is, I told you that I'm normally the sex creep here. So this is, that's fine. She's, my territory. She's undeniably attractive. Uh, she's yes. beautiful eyes, beautiful a lot of other things, but we don't need to go into a whole lot of detail about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll get there, folks. Hang in. <laughs> um, I, I, the, the other line, I think, just the, uh, you know, she, he, she figures out that, that she's not going to be able to win him over. And she's just like, what a shame. I just love what you've done with this room. <laughs> um, but he basically just says like, I, we're getting out of here. And if, if you're dressed like that, I'm going to carry you out of here dressed like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. This, but, this is a, uh, yeah, this is like transformation complete. She's yeah. gone from the, the buttoned up to, to the completely uh, unrestrained. Over the yep. course of this, and this is this is the end result of that. So, so yeah, the 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 resonator at this point just it's it's one of the unknown functions when you flip the switch at spring break. Um, <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but the resonator turns back on. It's turned on from the other side. Um, the the it repairs itself. The power goes back together. Crawford wakes up and he knows that it's been been turned back on. Um, they go upstairs to investigate, and then we get like a fairly confusing scene where like, why don't you guys walk me through what happens here and I'll tell you what I think because I I don't I don't know if it's communicated this. Okay, so. Bit, happens as well as they would have liked it to so so they go upstairs uh they are going to try to turn off the machine again but apparently there's bees now (laughs) (laughs) and the the bees attack crawford and Catherine, um and seem to just kind of inconvenience them a little bit they they don't like the bees on them but it's not really doing a whole heck of a lot it's making them go oh no don't touch me bees (laughs) Exact line from beads? the movie, right? Beads. Yes, beads. <laughs> the, the, the second reference to that exact same joke on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. You can't not make it when you have the word bees in play. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, yeah, I legitimately screwed up on, on the Candyman episode. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell them that. <laughs> they would never know. An open book. All right, so, so the bees. The bees are on them. Bees are bad. Uh, Bubba has a flashlight, shines on the bees. Maybe the bees don't like the flashlight. They seem to maybe move away from the flashlight until he attempts to throw the flashlight for some reason. <laughs> and it ends up shining on him. And the bees don't like that one bit, so they uh, eat him. Yeah, they 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 sk- they uh they move like. Piranha him real quick. They just yeah. They take, they take all the skin off of him very 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 quickly. Um, the um, I think kind of what they're going for here <laughs> that I, I don't think they that he quite gets in the scene is that they're they're attracted to movement. So it's sure. he's trying he when he's shining the flashlight initially I think they're going where like the beams going and I think he tries to throw it so that they follow the flashlight. But the way that it lands, the, the light shines right back at him. So they, they end up coming back and attacking him. I okay. I think that's not communicated as a – I think this is one of the very few scenes in this movie that's like a set piece like this where yeah. I, I kind of had to watch it like two or three times like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's – but the effect's real good. The effect of, of him getting – Oh, no, like, he, he looks – I mean, that, this is another one of the real good practical effects. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's gruesome and gory and all the stuff that you would want in a practical effect. He's he's stripped from like shin to mid nipple. <laughs> yeah, which I mean the, the the fortunate thing is is you know his his mother would want an open casket funeral, so we're we're in good shape there. Is his face is okay? We're <laughs> gorgeous face, um, smiles intact. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, uh, he get he. This is a character that I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I was going to based on his introduction. Um, and yeah, he gets, he gets taken out uh, yeah. by by bees. <laughs> and and after the bees, we get we get the return of Pretorius again. There's no, we um, get the we get the reveal of the big bad sea man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> same same long face. Yeah. Um, uh, and his his pineal glands going on the it's popped out and then uh, Crawford's does as well. You've you've seen like his head pulsing and the 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 
that part pops out and he he it goes into predator vision real quick and he's like it's beautiful so yeah uh, that's, that's when this happens for the first time yeah he gets the yeah the and weird filter put on the camera Catherine's able to uh to get the resonator to at least temporarily stop working she uses a a fire extinguisher fire to, yeah yeah and that works for some reason yeah well, you know, it's elect- delicate electronics. It's axe fire extinguisher. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> seems, seems real delicate since uh, you can just put it back together after you chop it up with an axe or <laughs> pull the cord out of the main frame, the main breaker downstairs. and Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's like a real delicate piece of work. <laughs> um, like, but we're about to get like a big pivot here because the, 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 the movie changes back to the to, to the hospital location. We get the uh, yeah, they, they leave the ha- they leave the police are there presumably the the, the old lady <laughs> next door called them again and they came back to <laughs> stop the same the from happening. Yeah. Um, but but now Catherine's in the position where she's kind of the the raving lunatic that's been brought back here and the and Doctor Block's able to like kind of be a nurse ratchet and like exact her revenge on her and like oh you're my patient now and i i'm gonna recommend electroshock therapy um yes, while she's also is, working on crawford <laughs> this is this is where i really want to get into the the hospital stuff because it's a it's a real us versus them attitude there <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a war between the patients and the doctors and the doctors just have to win and <laughs> uh dr block is so petty here where i know she didn't like Catherine to begin with but uh she comes back and they don't try to figure out what's going on with her. They go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking electroshock therapy. How about that? <laughs> I'm in charge now. <laughs> I'm the captain. The <laughs> real uh, captain now moment. <laughs> um, but but you've also seen that they're, they're going to do some sort of surgery or try to figure out what's going on with Crawford. He's got his, his brain penis that's poking out of his forehead. This just got the perfect face for forehead boners. <laughs> I, I love the facial expressions he makes when it's like popping out and he's just like, <laughs> it's a big O face. His eyes are kind of rolled back, like looking at like, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, did the, did this stuff work for you too, Clint? Was this like I know there was like kind of like a this is kind of a pivot where it goes from the the house to the to the hospital, like. Yeah, I mean, it definitely worked for me as uh, Jed kind of alluded to the whole you know, um, straight to the electroshock therapy was like okay, well that's one way to <laughs> diagnose this real quick, <laughs> you know, and then obviously with the uh, you know definitely of the time set you know when the uh, the old penis popped out of his forehead, uh, you know, the, the how they portrayed that, like to show what they're seeing with the, all the bright colors and everything kind of pulsing and almost like predator vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was definitely, uh, you know, at least at the time, probably uh, it, I thought it was a cool take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, for the most part, it works pretty well. I will say that the, there's, there's a, like I've said before, there's a few dodgy effects in this movie. I think one of them is coming up where, um, where Dr. Block ends up getting attacked by Crawford and he like, it comes out and then he sees the brain <laughs> just superimposed let's, over. Her head. Let's, but, let's, uh, let's, yeah, you know, let's slow down just a little bit. Cause he, he gets off the table during the, yeah. uh, the confusion here. Tries to have some uh, salad. Yeah. And he, 
he's hungry. He tries to get something to eat. He grabs just food that was left on a tray outside of another patient's room, and that's not going to do it. So he, he gets into a, another room in the hospital and finds a bucket that I, I guess they just keep brains in a bucket on the ground. <laughs> but he goes, apparently he thinks that that's what's going to sate his hunger, and uh, he digs in, and uh, yeah. Dr. Block finds him and calmly and politely says, Crawford, please don't eat those. It'll make you sick. <laughs> <laughs> which uh you know it's i'm not encouraging cannibalism but if, if you do find yourself in that situation that is good advice do, do not eat the brain that's uh that's that is gonna make you sick so <laughs> um yeah she's like calmly imploring him and he's like i what's happening to me i don't know what what's going on and yeah, Isis. well we, we also missed the part where they discover that he was out of his room and they yeah. uh they have to stop the electroshock procedure and the, yes. the doctor there is just like, but I was just about to shock her. <laughs> what am I going to do now? <laughs> These doctors fucking suck. <laughs> I, I hate everything about this. I, yeah. I don't know if it's like some weird thing I have with, you know, these people are supposed to be the ones who are caring for you and just horrible abuse of power or what it is. But I just, ah, it rubbed me the wrong way every time. Just, uh. Hold on, just keep going. I'm, I'm I'm taking down notes. I'm looking at the the movie selection coming up. So, well, <laughs> uh, well I did that one to myself. <laughs> um, yeah, we're um, we we get that little split story. Catherine's able to kind of take advantage of of the confusion and the the lack of focus that her super eager to electroshock uh, intern has, and bonks him on the head, and she's able to get away. Um, getting into like the next part of this movie she she gets a change of clothes but she also gets something else that we're, we're gonna get into when we get there that i'm just like huh <laughs> um, yeah Craw- crawford um goes on a little bit of a spree here he, he's, he, he's also yeah he's also trying to get away yes he, he, but he the, um several more crawford please don't eat though mom please don't eat <laughs> uh but but dr block she doesn't she doesn't make it out of that room uh crawford the third the third eye comes out he sees the brain he knows that's what he wants and we get one of the more infamous scenes in this movie we get uh crawford uh sucking her brain out through her eye as his as his little third eye is twitching around her face right yeah (laughs) it's pretty gross (laughs) but it's it's done pretty like i mean there's not a lot of gore in this scene especially compared to a lot of the other stuff that's in the movie it's just the idea of it and then they show like the blood dripping on her shoe and her like white shoe and it's just like yeah. <laughs> you do get a you do get a look at like the eyeball hanging detached from the socket a little bit later on but yeah with the, yeah. the next guy but what's uh, actually happening in the moment is not super super gory yeah <laughs> so he there's a couple more victims that he gets a hold of at the hospital there's like some EMTs bringing in a, a drunk yeah um, he he takes out one of them the other one like tries to fight back he kind of briefly comes to his senses when she's like brandishes a knife at him um he like knocks her out but before he's gonna eat her like i do love the um the the drunks like like they think he's going into the dts and he's like the man with the snake came out of his head yeah Um, definitely one of my favorite parts the that is a uh, charles band the produ- the producer that's his brother albert playing the uh the as a cameo as nice. the uh as, as the hobo um but yeah he he kind of comes to his senses and he decides he's going to go back to the house as well Catherine's going to go back there because she wants to destroy the machine um 
and now she has a bomb. <laughs> uh, somewhere in the, the meantime, I guess she, she went home, got a change of clothes, and uh, and some dynamite, like you do. <laughs> not, not only dynamite, but she got a nice little electronic timer device for the dynamite as well, because I guess they were having a sale. <laughs> well, you guys missed the director's cut where she hit up Radio Shack during the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I used to work at a Radio Shack. We did not sell dynamite there. Did you work at a Radio Shack in the 80s? Oh, in Italy? Fucking no, touche. no, I, I did not work at an Italian radio shack in the eighties. <laughs> All right, well then you shut your mouth. You don't have any authority here. <laughs> so um, they end up going back to the house. Um, at this point, Crawford has has kind of become he's become something new. Like Pretorius had already said, like when he saw the the, the third eye coming out, like you're evolving into something that's never existed before. Right. Uh, like so, Pretorius merged with something. From beyond. Yes. Um, and Crawford is basically, he's just changing in this world. He, he didn't have any sort of, uh, yeah. I mean, beyond the, the vibrations stimulating the pineal gland, he didn't have any sort of, um, I don't know. He didn't have like a, a monster change him. <laughs> we, just, we do get, we do get one of my favorite moments a little bit earlier on when the, the, when Pretorius is, is able to manipulate the machine and uh, Crawford wakes up. And he's like, he's turning it on. From beyond, and then you have like the the whole. You oh, he did. The, he said the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. It's, that's the movie we're watching. Um, but yeah, they they end up back at the house. Um, Crawford is able to kind of catch uh, Catherine before she's able to get. Uh, she sets up the bomb, but before she's able to leave, Crawford catches her, takes her into the into the sex room. Um, and he's getting ready to fire. Yeah. yeah, getting ready to eat that brain. Wait with her. Yeah. Um, when, uh, he tries to lean in, do the same little eye bite trick, but the, the, the pineal gland gets a little too close to her mouth and she's able to, to bite it off and, and bring him to his senses. Yeah. This made me wince. The the penis imagery in this movie is not exactly subtle. And this was, Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna note that down as well. We'll there's a couple other things that <laughs> I don't think you really take notes about that. I'm a dude. That's, that's just basic knowledge. Show me a dude that show me a dude that likes that stuff. Jed, dare have you. you have you have you seen the internet before? <laughs> God damn it. Um but yeah, he's he's able to come to his senses before uh, Pretorius comes and is basically trying to do the same thing. He's gonna He's going to eat her as well and absorb her mind and absorb everyone. But yeah. uh, Crawford's able to kind of lead him off and, and be, be a hero at the end. Yeah, he basically uh, just says, oh, you, you, you don't know anything of pleasure. Yeah. You know, I've heard what you do Phoenix. in your room. Yeah, you, you can't do yeah. anything but hurt. <laughs> yeah, there's... He pisses him off and he chases him out of the room. There's, and then we there's... get some real good special effects. <laughs> well, you get... Yes, you get some real good special effects. There's probably the dodgiest process shot is when uh, Pretorius is flying down the stairs. Woof. Um, <laughs> well, he's, he can he can he can shapeshift. He's he's got total control of his flesh. But um, and then we get we get to see exactly what happened to Pretorius in the beginning when yeah. the, the creature catches up to Crawford. Yeah, I mean, he eats eats him eats his head off. Twists uh, it up. Yes. Um, Which is and. That that was an icky thing to watch too. 
<laughs> it's a real nice, goofy, gory bit here at the end, especially. Um, Catherine's able to get freed, though. She's able to kind of um, manipulate the creatures that um, attack with movement to bite through her restraints and um, even, like, lubricate, like, with her blood a little bit to get out. Yeah. Um, and then, like, tries – she does successfully what Bubba was trying to do and, like, throws a matchbook so that they, they, they scatter and, and chase after it. Um, but Pretorius is coming after her, too. And um, that's when we see Crawford fight back from inside, fight for his fight for his love. They're, they're in love at this point. Um, and, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that was established at, but sure. Well, it's, 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 it's a movie. They, they, they were at least kind of in lust. He was, he was making eyes at her, too. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they kissed once, and not like they were under any sort of outside forces that were maybe compelling their bodies to react in certain ways or anything like that but <laughs> that's love yeah. um but the, the kind of the same things happen with crawford has happened with pretorius where like his mind's been absorbed into this being right. so so and this, now he's using his mind to manipulate the the flesh to yes. kind of create a new body for himself and fight back yeah and we got some real this is this is probably this is really this is really intense this is yeah. this is real good stuff here yeah uh including like maybe my favorite version of the uh, Ace Ventura being birthed from a rhino. <laughs> 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 a lot, lot less, uh, lot less humor in this version of it, but I mean, I, you know, I, I would call this a horror comedy. I think this is a, I think this has got some. It's not a very. There's some broad characters and stuff, but I think it's a, uh, it's the, the 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 comedy aspect of it is just how out there oh, it sure. is. I, I mean, just this specific, yeah. you know, they're not playing this scene for something <laughs> like East Ventura coming out of the rhino butt. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the monster's basically I don't like, think. Uh, tearing itself apart to... Um... Yeah, because basically it's Pretorius and Crawford fighting each other. Um, get out, and uh, he... Um, while this is happening, the, the timer's going down, and Catherine's able to like jump out of the window before um is defenestration number two yes yes um so she lands on the ground she's we get a nice little uh broken leg makeup effect here uh, another really good practical shot this this looks gross as hell and it <laughs> makes me once when i see it um but yeah the 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 neighbors which again this this seems like it's not just the one neighbor there's like a convention of neighbors out at this point surround them and, and Catherine's come out and it, it, they're asking, are you okay? And she, she echoes Crawford earlier. It ate him. And then just right. starts like, she's crying. And that just turns into maniacal laughter, which is just, this was, this was, this was pretty good. Yeah. This is good stuff. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of stuff to like about this movie. Um, we, we kind of went through beat by beat and we're hitting up a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's, there's, a few things I kind of want to talk about, like I, I don't want to dive into it too deep, but I, I, I do, I do really appreciate the fact that this is a movie made in the eighties with a sexualized female lead, but it also doesn't really like shame her for it. It's like this process she goes through, but I feel like the movie is like pretty respectful of her. And I think part of that is just, rests on the shoulders of Barbara Crampton being turning in just a really good performance. It is, like it where... is a really good performance. I, the movie almost gets to that point with, uh, with Bubba kind of trying to talk her out of it. Um, yeah, but 
I mean, I'm willing to, I'm willing to kind of, I'm willing to, like, I have no. to waive anything here. Is the situation is he's trying to get them out of the building. Yes, I think, I think that's, that's the situation. But it's also like when she gets to the hospital and stuff, she's judged for it. But she's, she's, a, she's a Lovecraftian hero. But she's our, she's our hero for the movie. I mean, she's the one who's who has like the full character arc that she goes through and, and she changes. And I think it's, it's really cool to see that in, in a movie like this, where you didn't really see that with female characters a lot in horror movies at this time. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there's also, again, another thing that Lovecraft would hate. One of the most heroic characters in the movie is a, is a black guy. He's a black friend who dies for the white people, which maybe isn't the best look, but it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's a, a good character. He's, uh, right. I think the, the race only works in a positive in this situation. I think, yeah, like, I, I think that the fact that he dies, him being black has no bearing on that. Like, I don't think you can yeah. recognize it in that form, even though that is a thing that happens in horror movies. Yeah. Especially in this Does, era. doesn't feel that way here. Um, yeah, the, I, I, I like a lot of the look of this movie, too. Like, it's um, you can tell it was made on a budget. I mean, and, and it's yeah. very I think if you know it's made by somebody in theater, too, it feels kind of stagey. There's definitely um, it's it's an actor's movie. They he, yeah. he has his a lot of people on screen at the same time. Um, it's there's a lot of like lighting effects that he uses to I think makes it look pretty cool. It, it's it's this kind of mashup of like a a mad scientist movie with like kind of 80s aesthetic with like almost like a batman 66 lighting like sure very bright and even when they're not in the other dimension i liked i liked what you said about using the the um the light cues as uh kind of a shorthand for the otherworldly stuff taking place yeah like you you know when the resonator's on you there's no (laughs) there is no uh there's no mistaking that right um I, another thing too, like I, I know, um, like with with the medical stuff, with like this and Reanimator, they did go to pains to like consult with actual like medical experts to like actually kind of talk them through stuff. So that doesn't a lot of... feel any better about the medical. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would. That's, <laughs> that's why. I well, said if you're it. telling me that this is, they talk to actual doctors and those doctors are like, yeah, that's how we do it. <laughs> No, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I normally I kind of would try to dive a little bit more in, on um, kind of cultural relevance, social commentary type stuff. I think this is just a fun movie. I think this is just it's gory and it's it's funny. It's not like farcically funny, but it's like it's it is definitely a horror horror comedy. It's um I, I think it just kind of moves you along from start to finish. It doesn't overstay its welcome. There's there's goofy stuff, but that's like I, I think, think pretty it, negligible for me. This is even even more uh, broadly comedic than like uh, the very first movie we did, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But if you're able to see the funny in that movie, you'll be able to yeah. see the funny in this movie, no problem. Yeah. So um, sounds like we um, if there's if there's no other like bigger issue that y'all want to get into we might we might be getting up onto the sales floor i think i think we moved the sales floor clint you got anything you want to touch on before we hit there i mean you guys did a an expert job on it i thought the movie was efficient i thought it was fun um you know definitely uh two thumbs up for me 
I am. I am. I am glad to hear your vote. Your vote does not count in this regard, but it's, it's appreciated. It's true. Yeah. We, <laughs> I like that you're putting it out there, but yeah, you don't matter. Just, just like everything else in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate hearing that. I, you know, I value you coming on the show and I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't a, just a slog for you to get through. As I, I, I figured now, this was this would be a weird one. This would be a weird one to jump in on, but that's kind of the timing on it. So if you're, if you're jumping on this movie and you thought it was something that was worth taking your time to see, I'm, I'm glad to hear that as well. I, it would, it would really suck to have you come into the show and just have to watch utter turd like burnt <laughs> offerings. <laughs> burnt, burnt, don't listen to him. Burnt offerings is amazing. Um, anyway, so Jed, this, yo, this is, this is where we're pulling up for you though. It, it, uh-huh. I, I'm kind of getting the impression that you that you thought this was an enjoyable one. Um, where 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 are we at on it? Is there? I I think. Um, do we need to look under the hood a little bit more. Do you have further questions before you sign on the dotted line? I think I think <laughs> I can uh, I, I can safely say um, that I'm I'm buying what you're selling this week. Uh, I I did enjoy this movie. It was like you said, it was funny. Uh, it's it's gory, um, but not. It's more gory than almost anything else that we've watched. I think actually I can comfortably say that it is the most gory movie that we've watched so far. Yeah. Um, but I, but that, it's context. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, that didn't throw me off as much as maybe I was worried about gore throwing me off. And maybe the lightheartedness of it, of some parts yeah. of it kind of ameliorated. It's a lot, a lot like Dead Alive in that case, the Peter Jackson film. Um, yeah, and and I, I think like um I, I think we had mentioned it before, and I think uh like Clint, you had said when I talked to you about it earlier that um kind of the same thing for you where almost the worst gore effect in this movie is the broken leg because it's like you can't wrap your head really around like a, a giant tentacle exploding out of somebody's head what that would be you can wrap your head around like fucking your leg up <laughs> like some of the shit just looks well, like exactly. playing with Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially how they did the animation, like when she like hit the ground and then like how they did the, the special effects on her knee, like her knee just like looked like it exploded open. Yeah. yeah. That part was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, weird how some of the that's relatively tame in terms of uh, the other stuff that we've seen so far. But the fact that it's you could almost like you have knees, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't want that to happen to your knees. So <laughs> you kind of got that built in. Yes. You can't really uh, know what it feels like to have your body turned into a living flesh mass. Cool. So I think uh, I, we're, we're going a little bit out of sequence here, but um, I did want to go ahead and give out my, my crispy here as well. Um, I, I think there's there's some strong performances. I think you kind of just the nature of this trilogy, you're probably having to give it to either uh, Jeffrey Combs or Barbara Crampton. Right. Um, just because they're the, they're the principals, they're the ones being asked to do the craziest shit. And I really think this is this is Barbara Crampton's movie. I think she turns in a absolutely phenomenal performance in this. I think you you buy her arc. She makes a lot of really cool choices. Like a lot of her um, facial expressions and line reads are just just really sell this. I mean, it's a pretty broad character, but they sell the character from start to finish. I think she's I think she's phenomenal in this role. I mean, this this is your category, so I can't tell you that you're wrong. Uh, but I, I think yeah. no, I think that's a it's a fine choice for me. She she doesn't quite completely embody the spirit of what the Krispies is. Uh, I feel that her performance is too good <laughs> for for what the actual category entails. Uh, 
I, I think that either Crawford or Pretorius is a is a yeah is a more fitting choice. But I don't think you're wrong for saying her. Like she she has some some wild stuff in there too. It's just I I feel like she just puts in good work. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I think. I think there's a handful of scenes. I, I think I think she's my favorite performance in this movie, but I think specifically crispy wise, I, I, I I've mentioned a couple of her line reads, but like that line read of like uh, of there's so much to learn, like right, that one yeah. really gets me, and the the whole like the the whole fetish gear uh, scene that she's and that's not even like as Austin right. Powers would say my bag baby, but right. um. I, I think her I think that's a pretty wild commitment that's kind of outside of just kind of a normal non crispy nominated performance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with you saying that. Like I yeah. said, I can't say that you're wrong in saying it. It's just to me, it was just a good performance. It doesn't necessarily feel crispy worthy to me, but you know. okay. Who would, you said it would either be uh be be Crawford or uh, yeah, Jeffrey I Combs think, or Ted I think Sorrell. Crawford. Crawford would probably grab it over Pretorius. Uh, Pretorius is is definitely uh, what he <laughs> what he's doing in the limited time he's on the screen is much bigger <laughs> than anything else is going on in this movie. Uh, but I can't understate how how much I enjoy Crawford's goofy ass <laughs> penis coming out of his forehead face. <laughs> it's, it's it's nuts. It's pretty insane. Was there was there a performance you wanted to call out, Clint? You know, I'm gonna kind of go against what all you guys have said. I'm gonna go with uh, Officer Brownlee. I uh, I enjoyed the character, the the happy go lucky nature, the black Tarzan. Um, <laughs> I, I I had fun with that character, probably more yeah, than I, the rest. I did will. You, I, I will did never you watch vote the Friday Thirteenth episode that we did, Clint? The the Friday Thirteenth Part Four. I did not. All right. You should check out at least the Crispin Glover scenes from that movie to get a real good handle on what we're actually talking about with the with the Crispies. I don't disagree with your choice. I think that I think you can make an argument for it because all the characters in this movie are kind of crazy in their own way. But uh, Crispin Glover in Friday the 13th Part 4 is a special. He's a special, special angel. (laughs) (laughs) He is. It's it's uh, it's it's a phenomenal performance. It's one of my favorite movie performances of all time. And it's, 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 it's a, a shame category of an award <laughs> on our show. So, <laughs> so uh, we, we got a special little treat cause we got a, we got a guest on today. So normally I would be rolling out um, what, what movie um, I'm going to be showing you for next time, but we're, we're throwing, throwing your fate or our fate, I should say into uh, our good friend Clint's hands. And we're giving him a little uh, multiple choice, some categories to pick from that's going to okay. determine not just the next movie we watch, the next two movies we watch. So uh, terrified, Clint... <laughs> I'm terrified for how this is gonna go. <laughs> so uh, Clint, are you are you ready for your categories? You ready for your choices? I'm gonna try to sell you on all four of these, and then we're gonna. You, it's, it's up to you to determine our fate. All right, let me hear them. Okay, so the, so category number one is didn't they just do this movie? Um, the next two movies would be. Movies about like an evil coming through some interdimensional porthole and, and attacking people in an isolated location. I'm sorry, are you uh, saying porthole or portal? Uh, either one. Either one works. <laughs> you, just, you just got real nautical there for a second, and I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, you know. Okay, well, uh, maybe maybe this is our secret way to talk about the the Jason on a boat entry of Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. 
But um, so that that's one category. Basically, the the appeal of that would be you would hear us in real time going crazy trying to say new things about a movie that we've really kind of a, a subject matter we've covered. Counting phantasms would be four four movies in a row. <laughs> um, so next next choice, uh, we're gonna call this one. Um, a summer in the Cramptons. Um, this is uh, we're gonna do two more. Stupid. <laughs> we would do two more films uh, featuring legendary actress Barbara Crampton. Um, I I'm an absolute huge fan of her stuff. The appeal of this for you is that um, I would struggle to say this in a way that was not creepy, which I think I've I've pulled off on this episode so far. Like I'm I'm gonna. You were borderline. <laughs> I mean, you, hey, everybody's got their person that does it for them, and I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna yuck your yum there. Yeah, you know, just this, just this woman who's older than my mother that I, I think is phenomenally still physically attractive. You know, um, <laughs> it's a category. Um, <laughs> so here, here we go. Next, next category. This is gonna be one that's gonna be a little tougher uh, for for Jed. This is, uh, this is some real world scares. So this is all like no, no I, I don't want to say like no fantastic elements because I think there's like heightened reality, but like nothing overtly supernatural. We're looking at real world terror. Um, the appeal to you here would be that there is a movie that I've threatened Jed with um, any time that he complains that we haven't seen something like gory or hard to watch enough. It would be contained in this category. Um, I, I, I almost don't want to say this and maybe I shouldn't because we're still <laughs> I don't want to poison the water hole here, but uh, if there is a category that would uh, actually freak me out a little bit, I think the the best chance of it is is this. <laughs> um, and then the the, Good the selling next points on all three so far. Yeah, yeah. The um the the last category is uh Nick Cage for a thousand, Alex, and um, I don't think this one needs a lot of explanation. We would watch two Nick Cage movies. I. Well, that's, I, the, that's the pitch. That's the sell. <laughs> All right. I, ha, I have my preference. I mean, and I would probably know without even having to guess much what one of those movies would be. And that's a movie near and dear to my heart. <laughs> okay. What, what do we got, Clint? What do what, what, determine so, our feet? A lot of good options there. Um, you did a very good case on trying to sell each one. And you guys probably have an idea of where I'm going with this. But, I mean, because, you know, if I can make Jed uncomfortable, that's great. If I can hear you guys review some Nick Cage movies, not as great, but still quality programming. However, I'm going to go, as I typically do, uh, against what you guys are probably thinking I'm going to go. And I'm going to send you... To a summer in the Cramptons. Okay. All right. We'll be we'll be we'll be spending some time. We see how, just how deep this well goes with Josh. <laughs> so cool. For for next time, then we're going to be watching the um, 2011 uh, movie You're Next by uh, by Adam Wingard. Um, this is which, this is late Crampton. Yes, this is this is kind of her comeback role. Um, this uh, this is also going to be our first home invasion movie. Um, which is, uh, we, we, we kind of touched on with, with Texas Chainsaw, but that's kind of a reverse home invasion. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a real fun one. Um, Adam Wingard 
is a director I, I feel is like super hit or miss. I think this is a hit. Uh, you might know him from he's directing the next Godzilla versus Kong movie. Okay. Um, and he directed Death Note, the the, the Netflix uh, version of, of Death Note. That, but I heard nothing good about it. So. <laughs> I think this is a this is a pretty solid one. I, I enjoy this one quite a bit. So I look forward to nice. talking with it with with you about it. Um, I guess uh, going to get into some 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 business wrap up here. But I, I do yeah. want to thank uh, Clint for for hopping on our show and yeah. I, I would love to have you back. If, if you wanted to just do a guest spot here and there, that'd be fine. If you wanted to make it a more permanent thing, we yeah. guess we have a spot for that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I'd definitely be interested in uh, coming back and joining you guys. This was a good time. Uh, definitely broadening my film horizons with uh, Josh's uh, taste. Um, so yeah. Uh, thanks guys. Some, some of it's worth doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, you you can come in on one of the the ones where I kind of uh, go a little bit more like film professor and then start diving into like metatextual <laughs> stuff. Um, good times. But um, yeah, let's let's do let's do some yeah, some business. Let's get this business done and shut this down. We're we're yeah. running long. All right. So uh, Twitter, we're at Scream Selling. Hit us up there. We have a Facebook group. Ask for an invite. We will invite you in. It's it's a good time. Uh, we are on Gmail at uh, sellingthescreamgmail.com. That's our email address. Um, please rate and review us on iTunes. That is a, a huge help. Um, if, if you can just take a couple seconds and do that um, out of your day, that is the thing that helps us more than anything else right now. Uh, we would really appreciate it. So, yeah, you, um, you hear it on every podcast. It makes it no less true. Yes. Um, Does it. But that's, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, your, your next is next. So that, that's what we're going to be watching for next time. Um yeah, uh, seek it out. Um, normally, I kind of have like the just watch options up for it, but just just watch.com. Just type it in. You will find where it's streaming. All right, cool. All right, then. Uh, yeah. If that's all, yeah. then we will see you next time. All right, bye. Bye. Oh, thank you.